بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوة الا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا ابي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقيه الله في الارضين اجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف اللهم اخرجني من ظلمات الوهن واكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا ابواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين الحمد لله بيف توفيق تو كونتينيو اور ستادي اوف براكتيكال ويزدم اند اي وود لايك تو شير فيو مور حديث اند ذن ان شاء الله ميبي from next session or maybe after two sessions we will go to the Quran again yes I, yeah I mentioned some last week so we go to hadith and then come back so as I told you the hadith that we are studying are from Montakhabu Mizan al-Hikmah which is alhamdulillah available in English a scale of wisdom and it is also online so you can find online in alislam.org al-islam.org if you put Mizan al-Hikmah a scale of wisdom and you go to the section the intellect the section about the intellect so you have the hadith there but the serial serial number is different from what i'm saying because for every chapter they start from one but in the arabic version it's from the beginning to the end rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is quoted as saying إِنَّمَا يُدْرَكُ الْخَيْرُ كُلُّهُ بِالْعَقْلِ All the good, all the things that are useful, beneficial, is achieved with intellect. وَلَا دِينَ لمن لا عقل له and there is no faith for whoever has no aql no intellect so this shows that deen faith is very much dependent on aql There is a hadith from Imam Qadim that, as I said, it's about intellect and about knowledge. We have a series on this in 11 section, lectures on Imam Qadim and the intellect. Uh, some parts of that hadith are quoted here. For example, Man arad al-ghina bila malin Whoever is seeking rich without money If you want to be rich but without money Means to feel rich, you know, because uh, sometimes People have lots of money, but still they feel they are poor, they are needed, they want more. Sometimes people don't have that much money, but they feel they have no need. So if you want to feel rich without money, and you want your heart be feeling comfortable and not suffering from jealousy, because jealousy does not let you you know enjoy your life if you are jealous 
it's burning not only burning hasanat as hadith says al hasadu ya'kulu al hasanat kama ta'kulu nar al hata also burns you from inside wassalamata fiddin and safety in his or her religion so whoever wants ghana bila mal who wants rahat al qalb min al hasad and wassalamata fiddin falyatadarra ila allah azza wa jal fi mas'alatihi bi an yukshmila aqlah you must pray hard to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his request that allah would complete his or her intellect So this is the key instead of asking for rena or being free from jealousy or to have safety of religion ask for something which is the root for for all these benefits ask allah to complete your aql okay then it brings all other good things In another part, we have this famous quotation uh, that we many times in Usul in other places in Aqaid we mentioned from Imam Kazim alayhi salam. Inna lillahi ala Truly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has two hujjah for people. Two ways to understand the will of God. Do you remember? the sentence that i use for defining the meaning of hujjah i have a favorite quotation from ziyarat al yasin assalamu alayka ya hujjat allah wa dalila iradatihi so hujjah of allah is dalil of iradatullah any person or anything that can help you to understand what Allah wants from you is hujjah. And then on the day of judgment also you can argue and say, I acted according to this hujjah. And Allah also can argue if you don't observe it that you had hujjah, why you didn't. So hujjah Allah wa dalila iradat. Also, Khalifatullah, according to Ziyarat Ali Asin, said Khalifatullah wa Nasir It's a very beautiful definition. So, Allah has two hujjah, means two ways to understand His will. What He wants, what He expects from us. Hujjatan zahirah wa hujjatan batina. One is internal one is external. The, the one which is external. The messengers, the prophets, and imams. These are infallible people that help us to understand the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the internal hujjah are intellects for people. So everyone has his own or her own hujjah inside. Because for every person, there is his own or her own intellect. For one person, but like for example there are many prophets that we have not had access to them but it means they are hujja as you remember you welcome we said that therefore some people say the prophet for example is embodiment of aql 
and aql is like internalized profit if there was a way to bring profit inside you that's your aql if there is a way to bring aql outside it would be profit okay and therefore we have no conflict between aql and revelation in the school of Ahlul Bayt, we don't have any conflict. It's maximum harmony because what the prophets and Imams taught us and what Aql teaches us are the same. Yes, we said in Aqaib that maybe there are things that we understand through prophets that Aql has no access, but Aql would never contradict revelation. And this shows also that aql never betrays aql never misguides because hujja of allah you may misunderstand what aql is judging you may misunderstand the saying of prophet also yeah we may misunderstand quran we may misunderstand the judgment of aql but aql is infallible like prophets and aql of everyone is hujja not aql of only some people because the quran says that even people who are in hell they say had we listened to whom to the prophets means to the external hujja Aunagil means followed internal hujja. Had we listened to the prophets or Aag, we would not have been ended up with fire. Okay? So Aag never betrays. Aag never misguides. The only thing is that you have to listen to Aagl. Sometimes Agl is saying us something, but we don't listen. Or sometimes even we have imprisoned Agl. Agl cannot say anything because it's imprisoned. Agl can be defeated and put in prison. But this is not the problem of Agl. Agl is not betrayed. Then, in another part, Imam Qasim says something, and this is again very important sentence. One of the things that I frequently quote is this part to show how important is Aql in Islam and in particular in the school of Ahlul Bayt. Please listen very carefully. ما بعث الله أنبياءه ورسوله إلى عباده إلا Allah has not sent his messengers and prophets to his servants except for this what is that thing for which they are sent ليعقلوا عن الله so that they can think and know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They can rationally know Him. They can use their intellect and know Him. It's very important. It means all the prophets have come to invite us to use our aql and know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَأَحْسَنُهُمْ فَأَحْسَنُهُمْ إِسْتِجَابَةً And if you do Vasl, Vaslul Hamza, it's called فَأَحْسَنُهُمْ إِسْتِجَابَةً أَحْسَنُهُمْ مَعْرِفَةً It's amazing. The best servants of Allah in responding to the prophets and messengers are those who have the best ma'rifah. 
If you want to understand who is the best mu'min, you must see who has the best ma'rifah. وَأَعْلَمُهُمْ بِأَمْرِ And the most knowledgeable of them with respect to Allah's affair, أَحْسَنُهُمْ عَقَلًا So the best people in response are those who have the best ma'rifah. The most knowledgeable people are those who have best rational approach, rational response. Those who use their aql better. Therefore, we can make this conclusion. The most complete in their intellect are arfa'uhum darajatan fi dunya wal are the highest in rank in this world and the hereafter so after the prophets and messengers and imams the highest people in rank in dunya and akhirah are those who are most rational but this rationality is leading to obedience is leading to piety is leading to virtues it means that you are tuned through your aql to the truth yeah because what is the concern of aql to understand the truth to find out the truth. So it is with Agl that you can commit yourself to the truth. Are you understanding the significance of this hadith? Akmaluhum aqlan arfa'uhum darajatan fi dunya The most complete or perfect in Agl is the highest in rank in dunya and Agl. So you should always ask in your du'as that inshallah your aql would be completed. If your aql is completed, then everything else comes. Okay? And if God wants to destroy a person or a nation, takes away their aql. When your aql is taken away, you don't need enemy. You are <laughs> the most dangerous enemy for yourself. As I maybe told you before, most of powerful people or systems or emperors or dynasties they are destroyed because of their own mistakes. If you do well, it's very difficult for enemy to defeat you. If you act wisely, it's very difficult. Yes, maybe <clears throat> in some circumstances when they very much outnumber you and you know, then maybe temporarily, but not in the long term. But you see, when people or tyrants or systems, when they become too much proud and arrogant, this clouds their aql. They become like drunk people. When their aql is clouded, they cannot see what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. So that's the time that the decline starts. So, we should always ask Allah for aql and not to take our aql away because then we will be finished. I only read some of the hadith because there are mashallah many. Another hadith which is very important for us, for our reflection, and inshallah many times I will refer to this point. 
is from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Al-aqlu hifzut tajarib. One of the you have to understand how to interpret this hadith. Uh, you shouldn't think that it's the only thing that is added. It means that it is one of the important aspects of rationality that you preserve your experiences. When you have made some experience, either you or people that you are aware, wisdom and rationality requires to benefit from your experiences. We must not repeat all the time the same things and make mistakes. Yeah, we have to learn from our positive or negative experiences. We have to benefit from experiences of other people. We have to benefit from experiences of previous, for example, people in our position. For example, if you are manager, if you are in charge of a center, organization, whatever, you have to benefit from experiences in that organization before you. Yeah, and from your own experiences. So, hefzot tajareb is very important. Hikmah and tajreba are very important, uh, closely connected. And the best thing that you have experienced is what can give you advice. Something that can practically instruct you. This is the meaning of mo'eza. If someone asks you, what is mo'eza? What do you say? Practical instruction. Advice means practical instruction. Yeah? Because mo'eza has to be practical. If someone just tells you something theoretical, it's not mo'eza. Mo'eza is practical instruction. So the best of your experiences are those that can help you practically. Give you advice means practically instruct you. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-aqlu aqlan, aqlu tabi'ah wa aqlu tajribah. We have two types of aql. One is what you have it by nature. You have this aql, it's gifted to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also you have to know that all people have aql, unless they're mad. All people have aql. And aql is different from intelligence, yeah, from IQ. IQ is about how fast your aql can process okay for example some people's aql is like bicycle some people's aql is like motorcycle some people's aql is like plane yeah some people's aql is like light very fast even they don't need to put premises together they have power of guessing but this guessing is different from uh, ordinary guessing. This is educated guessing, which means you don't need to put premises together. Anyway, the speed is different, but Agl always goes to the same destination. Because Hoja, Agl always goes to the same destination. It is a bicycle, it is a motorcycle, it's a car, whatever. There is one way to go. You cannot hear from Aql anything wrong. But intelligence is different. IQ is different. So Allah has given all of us Aql. You can train your Aql, you can educate, or maybe somehow you have been given more intelligent. But this is one part. Another part is 
tajriba experiences with experience you can learn a lot sometimes a person who is very very intelligent very genius but because doesn't have experience or doesn't want to benefit from others experiences makes funny mistakes they think because they are very intelligent and clever they can understand everything nowadays people think because they have information also they can make decision without benefiting from experience of other people this is also another problem for example some of the youths because they have lots of data easily collected data they think their decisions are also better than for example their parents or you know old people just because they know more things but information doesn't mean understanding even intelligence doesn't mean necessarily understanding understanding means that you know how to analyze and process information is raw material yeah you have to cook this raw material experiences help you cook them if you have experience even if you don't have the best ingredients you make good food yeah <laughs> But if you don't have experience, even if you give them the best ingredients, you cannot make food. Yes? Everyone would have pain in stomach afterwards. So in life, we need experience more than information. If you have experience, you know how to get information. Yeah? But if you don't have experience, even if you have all the information, it would not help plus if you don't have information you don't know if you don't have experience you don't know which information is useful I told you first session that you have to be very selective in information so Rasulullah says you have both of them are important both of them lead to benefit means both of them are beneficial for us it's not enough to have one imam hassan salam was asked about aql and he gave reference to one of the outcomes of aql in my understanding this is an outcome of aql one of the things that we have to learn is how to analyze hadith the hadith is very important how to analyze hadith otherwise you may think this hadith contradict imam hassan said Aql means, means this is one of the requirements of Aql, one of the outcomes of Aql. That you are able to be patient, to cope with suffering, with pain, with sorrow, till opportunity comes. So you have to be able to take your time and be patient many times rushing is against wisdom many times when you rush when you are hasting when you don't make sure that's the appropriate time you can make mistakes or at least you don't get the best result so be patient with the pain, with the sorrow, with the grief, till forza comes, opportunity comes.
Okay? Now we have a hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about characteristics of aqil. Some of them we have already referred to, but here 10 characteristics are mentioned in one hadith. Sifatul aqil. If you want to understand the description of aqil. <coughs> First, an yahluma amman jahila alay. One of the characteristics of aqil is that with respect to the people who wronged, who have misbehavior uh, attitude towards them, they are able to forbear, they are able to be patient. Help. Yes? So forbearance of someone who is not showing respect to you, wrongs you. So Aqil many times has to ignore bad things that people tell him or do to him. Because if you want to all the time react, then all your life will be wasted in reacting to people's, you know, behavior or saying. You have to know where to ignore. So that you know when you should not ignore. If you all the time react means you don't know when to ignore and when not to ignore. Number two. So what was number one? Ah, helm. Forbearance with respect to someone who ranks. Two. His or she is humble with respect to someone who is lower than him or her. Unfortunately, sometimes we are only humble with respect to the people who are higher than us. This is not humility. This is fear. If you are humble before people who are higher, it's not enough. And if you are not humble with respect to people who are higher, <laughs> that's craziness. But even if you are humble for people who are higher, it's not enough. You have to be humble with respect to people who are lower than you, so that with the people who are at your level or higher, you are definitely humble. So, with our students, with our children, with our employees, people who are younger than us, we have to be humble. What is the relation between this and Apple? One is that, first of all, Arrogance, which is the opposite to Tawazo, clouds aql. If you are not mutawazi, your aql is always under pressure. Th those who are not mutawazi, always they have one big aim, how to promote themselves. And when this is your concern, all the time you are thinking of how to promote yourself, then you cannot really understand what this case needs. You know, imagine I am a doctor and my patients come. My concern should be what? How to help this patient. But if my concern is that I want to promote myself also. Then this would affect my judgment. Or if I'm an alim, people come for advice, but at the same time, I want to promote myself. If I'm a manager, in addition to thinking about the interest of the institution, I think about how to promote. So, takabur is like extra burden that you put on your aql, and you don't let aql freely exercise its power. 
This is one problem. The other problem is that if you don't have tawazu, you create enemies for yourself. One very important aspect of wisdom and practical aql is as much as possible reduce your enemies. An agil never volunteers for having enemies. Yeah. <laughs> Some people actually are very happy if they seem they have more enemies. But you have to maintain as much as possible enmity towards you, towards your family, towards your community, towards your religion. Yeah? You should not volunteer. And even if there are enemies, if you can change them to people who disagree, but not enemy, it's better. <clears throat> Tawazo is one of the important techniques for keeping people as much as possible away from hostility toward you. <clears throat> yeah? Normally, people don't fight humble people. Yes? Rumi has a beautiful analogy here. He says when, for example, a king attacks another king <coughs> and manages to defeat that king and take over the country, what do they do? They may kill or arrest the king, the ministers, and all people who have position. But they would not touch people who have no position. Even they may actually bring them to power. For example, those who are in prison, those who are poor, poor people on the street. And then he uses this for uh, Tawazo. Because Two kings cannot tolerate each other. But a king has no problem with the poor people of his country or poor people of another country. Okay? It's an analogy. It means that in society, people who are arrogant cannot see people who are also arrogant. So, if you want to keep yourself and people who belong to you safe, you should not appear as arrogant. <clears throat> because if you are arrogant, every person tries to get rid of you. If you go to any office, even if there are 20 people there, if they see that you are arrogant, they unite against you. Because no one wants to have arrogant among them. Humility is very important instrument for success. Number two, humility. Number three, He competes people who are above. In what way? Not compete in power, compete in seeking goodness. So if you see someone is doing more charity, someone is, I don't know, teaching more, someone is giving more services, you compete. Not competing in power or money or position or fame. Okay? Number four, number five. No, five. Ah, uh -huh. okay. I, sorry, I, I think I missed one. After Helm, Yatajavaza Amman Walama. I didn't say this. Yeah, I think I overlooked. Number two, Yatajavaza Amman Walama. To forgive someone who does zulm to him. 
No. First was hell. Yahluma. Let me read it. Read it from you. Sifatul aqil. And yahluma amman jahila alay. To have hell with respect to someone who runs you. Number two. Yatajawaz amman zalama. To forgive someone who does injustice to him or her. Okay. In Islam, the general principle is pardon. The general principle. Unless it becomes systematic. Sometimes people ask me, you know, uh, when I have uh, presentations on Islam, you know, people ask me about forgiveness in Islam. And I say, the first principle is to forgive. But sometimes you see someone is systematically doing injustice to you or to your family, to your nation. Then here, if we forgive, he may become worse or he may continue. Then that's the time that we try to fix the problem. But between ordinary people, we many times do zulm to each other. We should not hold it in our heart and, you know, because many times, first of all, it's not intentional. And even if it is intentional, we should take it easy. Uh, Sometimes, for example, someone is abusing someone all the time and wants to damage that person's health or i don't know piety or reputation then sometimes we have to do something not out of anger but to stop this but sometimes it's just between friends or family members or ordinary people there is no systematic consistent attempt to do zulm here before we so agil does not keep injustice of other people against him or her all the time in your mind and as a result you suffer as a result you also become hostile yeah if someone has done zulm to me i can do two things one is to forgive him and inshallah then allah will help me yeah Allah is the helper of those who are Muslim. Another thing is that I also do zulm to that person. This means that then Allah becomes against me. Another thing is that no, I don't do zulm to that person, but I just keep it in my mind and curse him and pray against him. And you know, this is negative, you know, energy that you are giving to yourself. It's like someone has given poison to me and I keep it in my mouth. If someone has given you poison, throw it away. If someone has poisoned your memory, throw it away from your memory. Why? Oh, you know, when we married, you know, my mother-in-law did this to me. For 40 years, 50 years, she is thinking about this or he is thinking, what's the benefit? You have to forget. Otherwise, it will burn from inside and drains your energy. Moment is easy in forgiving. Yeah? Even not even forgiving, forgetting. So how many we said so far? Four. Number five. When he wants to say something, when he wants to speak, let alone when he wants to do something. Even for a speaking, you need tadabbur. What is tadabbur? Tadabbur sometimes means reflection. 
But here tadabbur means to be trying to see the outcomes. Because everything has two fronts. One front is towards you, one front is facing future. Yeah? When you say something, you should not just think about now. Think about future of it. What this can lead to. Tadabbur means to see the back of the things. Okay? So, whenever you want to do something or even say something, you should think about what consequences this might have. You should be able to foresee. And then if you see it's good, you say it. If not, keep silent. This is an area also that people make mistakes when they become very established speakers or, you know, when they have power. They think they can say anything. But sometimes, in this way, they disclose their secrets or they get into big trouble with other people. Then either they have to apologize or they have to insist and even harm themselves more. So it's very important that whenever we want to say something, we think what would be the consequences. Am I going to regret after I say this or I'm going to be still pleased with this? Yes? When he does tadabbur, if he finds that this is khair, this is good, takallama speaks, faghanima, and then benefits. So, aqil first thinks especially about consequences and then speak and then benefits. But if it is bad, sakata, remain silent. Fasalima, remain safe. So either ghanima or salima, that's the best thing. Either you benefit or at least you don't lose. But if you speak unwisely, you may endanger yourself and lose. Okay? <coughs> Number six. وَإِذَا عَرَضَتْ لَهُ فِتْنَةٌ اسْتَعْصَمَ بِاللَّهِ وَأَمْسَكَ يَدَهُ وَلِسَانَهُ Maybe we can count this as two. At the end, we will see how it becomes ten. When a fitna, fitna means something by which you are tested. Yes? When a test happens or when a situation which is not clear emerges, he asks Allah for protection. He tries to hold on to divine rope. Asta'asana means you are looking for something to save you, to protect you. And stops his hand and tongue. When there is fitna, when things are not clear, everyone is tested. Be careful not to do something that might be wrong. We told about, I think this uh, before, that when there is fitna, you have to be careful. Not let anyone benefit from you, not let uh, anyone take you on their side when you are not sure. وَإِذَا رَأَى فَضِيلَةً انْتَحَزَ بِهَا 
And when he or she sees fadila, virtue, merit, tries to grab that. Entahaza beha. So to grab the opportunity is very important. Good opportunity, not vicious or selfish. So fadila, when there is a virtue, when there is opportunity for learning, when there is opportunity for serving, when there is opportunity for, I don't know, ziyara, for rahim, for community work, for attending madness, for giving leave to people who don't have car, any opportunity, especially if it's opportunity for something which is like a virtue that can remain for a long time, we should not let that opportunity be missed. Another thing which is very important for Aqil La yufariquhu al-haya Actually we have to count again because I think some of them are count one of them is counted as two because we have two more so we have to count because maybe he has considered for example that uh, about talking too we will count at the end, inshallah. We go back and count. لا يفارقه الحياء. He or she would never be separated from haya. Haya, which you can translate as other modesty or positive shame. Yes. Haya is very important. What is definition of Haya? Haya means that you have an internal power that makes Leaving aside bad things easy for you. Haya has to be internal. Haya cannot be external. Something inside you makes you feel very unhappy and uncomfortable about immoral things. A kind of internal power, internal uh, advisor that when it comes to bad things you feel yourself bad you don't need to be told by someone to stop you yourself feel bad it's not only about dress or about relation with for example you know uh, or a stranger is more than that Anything which is not good and public would not have good opinion about it, you internally feel that this is not good, even if you are alone. Okay? It's a positive sense of shame in the sense that you yourself don't want to do bad things. This is haya. This is very important in Islam. Haya is very, very important. So, Aghil la yufariquhul haya. Never ever haya would be separate from Aghil. Wala yabdu minhul hirs. Greediness also never comes out. Yes. Greediness never comes. Why I should be greedy? Can someone define greediness for us? What is greediness? Greediness means unlimited desire. Sometimes we have a need 
and for meeting our need we need certain measure certain amount of something but hers has nothing to do with how much you need hers is itself a need which is never satisfied yeah maybe i need say for example every month certain amount of money okay but hers is something that is more than what i really need but imposes itself on me as a need and before you have it you don't feel happy you don't feel content and it is impossible also to have it so it's a need which is not needed and it's never met this is philosophical explanation of hers <laughs> so it drains your energy because you feel your needs are not met and even you cannot enjoy what you have yeah you cannot enjoy what you have this is like for example suppose maybe this example helps you suppose i want to enter my home and there is a step like one meter for example i have to a little bit jump to go into my home okay sometimes in villages you know other places uh, for humidity or because they keep animals under there is like one meter platform okay if i see this is one meter i can manage and get into my home but if i see one meter 100 meter i keep trying different things you know and i can never go into my home because my home was just one meter above but i have 50 meters still i think i need 50 more meters so that i can go into my home so you can never go to your home of rest and you are greedy because you think still you have to build more upon what you have till you can go to your rest and comfort yes but it was very easy and you see other people easily to go to their home and come back and you are you know in air you know you have more than them but you are not enjoying yourself this is health Agil is not greedy okay so now let's count them helm one to forgive those who have done zone two tawazo three competing the people who are above you in seeking goodness four okay tadabbor five Fitna Estasama six, Fazila seven, Haya eight. So we have to consider Am Sakayadahu Walisana separate. Am Sakayadahu Walisana separate means he would not stretch his hand or tongue to other people. Am Sakayadahu Walisana. But here at the end says, Fatelka Ashro Hesalin. Rasulullah says, Telka Ashro Hesalin, Yorafu Behal. So, Amsaka Yadahu Alessana, we should consider it as a separating means? means you don't stretch your hand or tongue to harm others control your hand and tongue 
Don't find your hand in the pockets of other people. <laughs> and don't find your tongue about in the reputation of other people. Keep it under control. You know, someone was complaining to his friends. He said, you know, I don't know why in our neighborhood anyone is missing something comes to my home and they will find it there also. <laughs> so, Aged is the one that people feel safe with respect to his. Like Al Muslimu Man Salum Al Muslimun Man Yadahi Wallasanahi. So this Amsaka Yadahu Wallasanahu. It's what? Yeah. The only problem is that nobody yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You feel sorry for people. <laughs> Another hadith. Maybe we can have a little break if you want. Let me see how much. Okay. A little break and then inshallah we will come. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alam.